Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth, and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Today, we are honoring fathers and their important role. I asked Chad Hangay, Director of Equipping, and Jim Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, to chat from their father heart. Listen in to their rich conversation. Well, hey, friends. I have a distinct privilege today of sharing a microphone with my good friend, my longtime colleague, my fellow vacationer. We golf, we laugh, we have been on quite a journey together. I introduce to you again my good friend, Chad Hangay. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jim. So good to be here. We've been invited today by our content manager, Jen, to talk about a pretty tender and sensitive topic for dads. We hear dads ask about this all the time. The issue is respect. Yes. And uh, I always like to ask you, Chad, when you're coaching parents, what's the question you get from dads about respect? Yeah, I don't think it's even a question as much as it is an assumption that as a dad, I deserve it. I ought to have it. Oftentimes, you respect me because I'm the dad. Yeah, it's positional. It's it's my role, right? Do all the you know I do a lot of the things. I go to work for for this family, or I provide for this family in this way or the other way. I do all of this stuff, and at the very least, the minimum bar to clear here is just show me some respect. I think that's that's kind of the the tone, the attitude that is prevalent. And again, anything could be different and there could be different versions of that. And it's not just a dad thing all the time either. But I do think that that's, a, that that's something that I hear on a, on a regular basis. I kind of deserve it because of all the things that I do and the position I'm in. Well, and I kind of remember as a young dad, especially growing up in an environment, much like what you described, like my dad was frustrated a lot because we just didn't respect him. We didn't read his mind. We didn't know what was going on with him and we'd get in trouble. You know, sometimes we didn't even know why we were in trouble and it was because dad felt unheard, disrespected, invalidated somehow. And now I'm in trouble because I didn't respect dad the way I ought to. And then I remember as a young dad feeling like, like even a very distinct sort of, this kid should respect me. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm angry is because he's not respecting me. Yes. Yeah. And I should be angry because he's being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then it kind of that abrupt or uh, angry approach is going to teach a lesson to show d- my displeasure, in which case this child will then perhaps learn mm-hmm. to be respectful or not do that again. I mean, is that kind of what's behind that? Well, for me, when I started to drill down into it, it was it was never very simple. It was always pretty complicated. When I, when I stayed on the simple level, yes, the answer was he should respect me because we've said the rules once. We've set out what's expected. Yeah. I believe that whatever the expectation was was clear enough that my kids should be able to get with the program, and if they don't, they're not respecting me. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to do something about that because if they don't respect me, then how are they ever going to respect God? There you go. And it was kind yep. of this, this loop in my head about that. And I, you know, there was teaching that I was hearing that kind of had me puffed up to be the dad, to be the parent, to take charge, to demand respect. And, you know, I've heard popular teachers, even, uh, you know, currently who will say it's our job as dads to command the obedience, to command respect of our children. To, to It's required. You are required to obey me. You are required to respect me. 
And, and that's kind of how I was operating as a, as a young dad. So on the surface that it was pretty simple, but when I started to think about, you know, go into it a little bit deeper, I realized the fact that I felt disrespected, you know, I could feel disrespected on one day about something. Mm -hmm. And then on the next day, the very same thing would happen. And I wouldn't feel disrespected because things had gone differently that day, or I was in a lighter mood for some reason, or, or I was looking forward to a certain thing that was coming and I didn't want to let this deter me. And so I would stay upbeat and positive. And then I realized, wait a minute, the issue here isn't as much with my kids and their consistency. It's with me and mine. So it becomes a little bit of an unpredictable scenario for your kids then as well as what, what was respectful, respectable one day might not have been the next day, a little bit of a moving target. Yeah, kind of like that. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I think as I talk to dads, and I know you talk to dads most days, or, you know, you're certainly talking to parents most days and dads most weeks. I know that you kind of get patterns. Is what I'm saying that I experienced as a dad in line with what you hear from parents on a regular basis? I think it's a it's it's a response. Like something's not right here. And what's not right is my child's not respecting me. And if they only started to do some of the things that they were supposed to be doing to respect me, then we'd know that we were moving in the right direction. So something is clearly wrong oftentimes with my kids because of how disrespectful they are. And I am sure you've heard it. I've heard it so many times that if I said what I said to what my child said to me, if I said that to my father, it would have been lights out, right? I mean, you just wouldn't have sat for a week because of how, how swift the response to that would have been. And so then I think there's a little bit of guilt of sorts in the father saying, well, I, I know that that's not how I want to do that because deep down, I'm not sure that was really the best response. Although some would dig into that and say, absolutely. I mean, if my father hadn't done that, I probably would have been yep. you know, a terror or doing all the things. But it, oftentimes it's like, man, I'm, I'm trying to do it differently, but I don't really know what to do because mm-hmm. I, I know I'm supposed to call it out. I know I'm supposed to somehow get it, or at least I have a belief that I'm supposed to, and it's just not working out very well. And then there's shame because now I'm not doing the thing that that most people would expect me to do. And certainly maybe my parents would expect from me because that's what they did. And uh, and then I think we're kind of in this wandering place of, I, I know I should do something different. I don't know what something different is. At the yeah. end of the day, I don't have a very respectful kid. I don't really, they're walking all over me maybe. Or so I think we end up in this space of limbo. Like, I don't really want to do this but I don't really know what to do over here. I don't want to let my kids get away with this. Yeah, but they are. And it drives but me I don't nuts. Want to do, I don't want to do what my dad did to me. Yes. To keep me from getting away with it. And at the end of the day, whether whether kids get away with it or not, the issue is, do they truly respect dad? Yeah. Honestly, I have to confess growing up, my dad, like I, I said these things to, to myself and to my wife, Lynn, about, you know, I would have never gotten away with that. Yes. But I also recognized that even though I wouldn't have got away with it and the way that it might have been handled to keep me from getting away with it didn't earn respect with my dad. It just got me underground further. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I just learned to stay away from him and to keep the behaviors distant and to go underground with the things I was doing and thinking. And I didn't go directly to dad because... I didn't want to experience the result of that. It didn't mean my heart changed. It didn't mean, and he might've looked at me and thought, well, now he respects me when in fact I respected him less. That's the space that's hard to navigate sometimes is that we think we're getting that, that respect when in reality, it's maybe more fear-based 
sort yeah. of compliance or I'm doing what I need to do to navigate the relationship so I don't get in big trouble. And then you find that one child in particular who doesn't really care all that much about <laughs> the trouble that they might get into for being disrespectful. And I think that's where it really shows up for a lot of parents and a lot of dads when that one child starts to really push back and we see how little control mm -hmm. it seems like we have. And yeah. I, I think that's where parents will sometimes come to parent coaching as well. It's like, we got a situation here. Our older two, or, you know, they might be a certain way and uh, yeah, we have our struggles, but we got this one kid, <laughs> you know, if, and you, you mentioned it earlier. It's like catastrophizing the future. Like if we don't get this kid to be respectful pretty soon, they won't respect their teachers. They won't respect authority. They're going to end up in the juvie. You know, it's going to be yeah. bad news. Well, and it's interesting too, what I've seen over time, you know, we get to, we get to track with families for a long time. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, you know, those families who say, we've got a couple of kids who, who do just fine with this structure we're creating. And we've got one who rebels, rebels, rebels. Once those parents figure out either A, how to get some sort of changes in place with the with the rebellious one, they find out that the other ones have rebellious hearts. They're just more compliant on the surface. And so, you know, a lot of times just because kids look like they've got their acts together doesn't mean that they do to use what we hear from parents a lot in their language. It's not wow. uncommon. Yeah. For us to get to like, I'll do four sessions of parent coaching and uh, we'll, we'll start working through and we get through the first two sessions. And then by the third session, not always, but occasionally parents will say, yeah, yeah, yeah we don't, we don't have an issue with that, <laughs> with, with that child that brought us anymore, but this kid over here, yeah. is really and I think that just speaks to what you're yeah. what you're talking about is like mm, now some of the other stuff starts to to bubble up maybe in the family that had been pressed down a little bit often we'll hear parents kind of defend their fervent efforts to to get their kids in line to demand or command respect or obedience they'll you know they'll they'll go to the Bible they'll go to Ephesians chapter 6 you know verse 1 it says children obey you but the Bible tells our children to obey their parents in the Lord for this is right. And then there's, you know, all the stuff about honoring father and mother and the first commandment with a promise and, and so that it will go well with you and you'll enjoy a long life. It's true. Kids ought to look at that verse and go, huh, God's talking to me and I want to I wanna honor that teaching by honoring my parents in the Lord for this is right. What parents often lose sight of is that that verse isn't written for parents. Mm. That verse is written for children to look at and be primed by how they've been parented, to hear this message in the context. Remember, this letter was written to the church at Ephesus. Paul fully expected it was going to go there. It was going to go to believing families, and it was going to get read out loud at the gathering. And there was going to be a part where children obey your parents in the Lord. The goal of the teaching wasn't to point fingers at the kids and say, you're disobedient and you should get in line. The goal was to, to provoke their hearts into responsiveness to that by the power of the Holy Spirit in them, in, if indeed they have repented and given their lives to Christ. The next verse is really the verse that we invite parents to, to look at. And I wonder if before we even get to that, it might be helpful to do a role play. Of, of sorts to kind of prepare us for the next half of our conversation. We've been talking about some of these dynamics. Chad, why don't uh, you play a child? I'm going to play a dad. And, and your, your deal is, is that you're 10 years old and under the surface, 
you're getting more and more aware of the fact that, that I'm getting pretty strong-handed and fairly irrational in my demands and you're not giving me a voice. You'd like to have a voice, mm-hmm. but I, in the name of respecting me, don't allow you to have that voice. And I'm going to find out that it, through the portal today that your grades aren't what I expect them to be. And your mom talked to me about it and I'm going to pull you aside and we're going to have a conversation. Okay. And as a dad, what it's like to be me is, is that, you know, I'm conscious of the fact a little bit that our relationship is tenuous and I want to do some things differently, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty firm about the fact that you need to respect me, young man. Mm -hmm. And I'm taught that this is important. And so we're going to role play this. We're going to take a little bit of time to talk about what just happened and see if it applies to people. So let's pick it up. You've come into the house. I see that you've come and I say, hey, bud, how you doing today? Fine. That's it? Fine? Yeah, but I want to go out and play. I've got my buddies. Are gonna, we're going to go play. Well, well, hold on just a second, uh, son. Uh, come on over here. I've been on what? your portal. Look at the computer screen with no, me. Can we do this later? I, no, I'm no, going no. to go out and play. You listen to me here, son. Your grades have been a problem. I've told what? you that I'm going to be paying more attention. What? Yeah, I was on the portal today and <laughs> I see that the grades that are reported by your teachers are not the grades that you have reported to me. And this I can't believe you. I can't, I can't believe you. Gosh, I'm doing just what I said I was going to do, Chad. Oh, you're, you're just always, you're always coming at me with all the grades and my teachers and the portals and all the stuff. And I'm just Listen, young man, I'm just sick and tired of it this way. You're not going to go outside. You're going to be grounded for the oh, next week. Fine. I don't care. I don't, don't care. You give me this. I don't care. You're, attitude, you're young just, man. you just try, always trying to control everything about me. You never want me to have any fun. You're always after me about school. Ugh. It's up. It's going to be two weeks and you're going to lose your device. Fine. I don't care. Go for it. Wow. Well, there's the, <laughs> there's the role play. There's the tension. <laughs> I wonder how real this might feel to people. We're going to, we're going to take a little break here in a minute and come back and kind of unpack what just happened and then see if there aren't some different ways that we might think about this to encourage dads like me in that role play about how to think differently about respect in a way that we might earn it. Before we head to break, I just want to uh, let everybody know, and, and most of our listeners probably are aware, but we just want to let you know that Connected Families and these podcasts are funded by the generous contributions of, of many folks and uh, would invite you to take a look on our website and look at the donate page and, and read more about the need and the ways that you might be able to get involved as donors to support our podcast and all of the regular content that we provide. So we're going to go to break now and we'll be back on the other side. Are your kids fighting again? Are you finding that the harder you try to make it stop, the worse it seems to get and the kids seem more and more resentful? The Sibling Conflict Online Course is for you. Right one minute the kids love each other and the next minute they're arch enemies. The older they get, the louder and angrier it gets. You hate the way this affects everyone's mood, including your own. Or maybe your young kids are beginning their rivalry and you worry where it's heading if you don't learn some better strategies. If any of this sounds familiar, our Sibling Conflict online course is made for you. What if you could use the inevitable conflict between your kids to actually strengthen their relationship? It is possible. Connected Families has a self-paced five-session online course 
on sibling conflict that teaches the peace process. The peace process is a simple tool that's easy for the whole family to remember and apply to all relationships. Parents Jacob and Katie said this after taking the course. We didn't extinguish sibling conflict, but more importantly, we gave our kids and ourselves a tool for how to get to the heart of the conflict, find a real solution, and reconnect. We all have a simple framework for how to turn things around. Isn't that so good? You have to go and check out the Sibling Conflict online course. Links are in the show notes or go to connectedfamilies.org and click on resources. Find a path from bickering to bonding. Register today. Well, we left you all in a bit of tension about about (laughs) this relationship between father and son. And when interactions between parents and kids get like this, we understand, you know, parents feel paralyzed. What do I do? What should I do at, at a time like this? And how can I nip this in the bud? Yeah, that's the very thing I'm talking about. How do we get this to stop? I don't know, from my experience, Chad, and I think from yours too, those are important questions, but they're not the most important question. Yeah. And I, th- I think the, you know, j- just being on the receiving end of, as you were, and I, and I certainly have been in real life as you have, that it, it's, it's like, it's you just kind of left in this, oh, right? like, I just want this to go differently. And, yeah. and yet, if I don't put my foot down here or somehow get control yeah. of this situation, like, like there's just this tension. Yeah. So I kept pulling the, the, you know, I kept pulling the bigger card. I'm going to take yeah. another week, another week, and then I'm going to take your device and, and, you know, you give me this, I don't care. And then, you know, the common approach or the conventional approach to that is just make sure you follow through now so that mm-hmm. that child learns, yes, learns their lesson. And, uh, you know, the question that I always have for parents is what lesson are kids really learning by these efforts? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it's important for us as parents who so often put our our stake in the ground about this idea of Ephesians 6.1 and children obey your parents and requiring obedience, respect, and so on. I invite parents to think about the fact that that's not their verse, and then to think about the fact that there is a verse for them and make that verse their goal. You and I, we talked about this ahead of time. We both have really liked, you introduced me to the Wycliffe translation of the Bible for the pidgin language, which is sort of a sort of an English, but not English rooted language. It's actually not rooted in English. English got put on top of uh, a Polynesian language of some kind. They call it pidgin Hawaiian. And it's just so simple. And it's so vivid about the terms that it compels us to that, that I want us to read the verse to parents out of that version. And Chad, you introduced me to this. So, so read it. And I want to remind you as Chad reads, he's not putting on an accent. This is just how it's written. Yeah. It's, it's, it really was fascinating for our family to, to read through a different lens through Hawaiian pigeon. So I'll read it and it's, it's fun. It says uh, in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, same, same for you fada guys, no hassle your kids. I just wanted to stop you there. Same, same for you. Same what? Obey, honor, respect, pay attention to God's teaching. Same, same you fada guys. Yes. So same, same you fada guys. No hassle your kids for them come hoo-hoo. More better teach them right and show them everything. The one in charge like um, for no and for do. Show them everything. Show them everything. Yes. The one in charge, like them for no and for do. So to know and to do. 
And one of the, the interesting things that came out of this verse for us in our family is the, the word hoo-hoo. Uh, it says, no hassle your kids for them come hoo-hoo. And uh, hoo-hoo is like, don't, don't make your kids angry. Uh, in our family, uh, if somebody would say, I'm starting to become hoo-hoo, or you're making me hoo-hoo. It, it was like we were talking Hawaiian pigeon going, oh, starting to, starting to get angry here. Yeah. And uh, so it became even a, a words that we would use to, to signal, hmm, something's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. The straight version of the Bible that we're accustomed to reading, New International Version, English Revised Standard Version, don't exasperate your children. And so often in our efforts to force obedience, to force respect, we exasperate our children and thus disobey the teaching that's ours to attend to from the scripture. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself right now, if, the, if I, I'm not supposed to exasperate my children and this is all I know how to do, well, what should I do? Bring them up in the training, the instruction of the Lord. The, the Pigeon Bible says, show them, show them what's everything the one in charge like them for know and do. We're an example. Respect is earned. Respect is not assumed. And we have to be, we have to show an example of respect to our kids if we're going to gain their respect. And I would say that uh, it is our responsibility to teach our kids Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents, Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. When we do that is really important. Mm -hmm. And if we move into that in discipline, it's like, well, you need to and yeah, we start to use the Bible in ways that are not very helpful for our kids. It's really hard to receive that instruction. So teaching that outside of the, the situation, I think, is really important. But it's also not stopping there. It's like, hey, kids, and this is what God says to me, right? As the parent, we're bringing that together in a context uh, outside of a, a quick trying to stop yeah. that behavior. Here's what God says. Well, and this is reminding me of, of my journey again and the realization that as a young dad, I struggled with respect for my dad. And the Bible compels me by this teaching uh, to honor my father and mother. The obedience part is gone. They're not making requirements or requests of me anymore, but the honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise so that you might live a long life. I was disobedient to that teaching in front of my kids. I would mm. say things, I would do things, I would respond to my own father in front of my children in ways that were utterly dishonorable. Mm -hmm. And then I turn around and would expect my kids to honor me, even in the name of some biblical teaching. And what does that do in my kids' minds to the Bible itself? So I had to repent and realize and confess to my dad, to my kids. And I, and I walked a journey for a season in my life. I got counseling to help me sort of sort some of this out and get back to a place where I felt like even though I, I didn't love everything my father did with me as a child, I wanted to get to, the, to his heart of love for me. And I wanted to find a way into respecting him, which the Lord gifted me to be able to do through that process. And, uh, you know, our kids are watching. And so, yeah. you know, Ephesians 6.1 and how we can help our kids learn it is not to talk about how they ought to obey me or honor me, but it's how I might look toward and honor my parents, even though they're old and even though they don't command me to do things anymore. Like that's teaching point number one here for mm -hmm. me. You know, so now I can, we can go back to that role play and I want to do this differently as a dad. And I want to say, hey, hey, Chad, you know what I've realized? I've just been disrespectful to you and how we, how I've talked to you about your grades. Yeah, I've been disrespectful to you. Yeah. And I'd like to do that differently. And I've, I've realized there's a verse in the Bible for me that says I, that I ought not exasperate you. 
but that I ought to train you in, in the love, the teaching, the nurture, the, the good things of the Lord that the Lord has for you. And I've, I've failed to do that in many ways, Chad, and I'm so sorry. Would, can you forgive me for that? Yeah, you're not that bad, Dad. I, Thanks, son. Yeah. I appreciate that. I feel pretty bad, though. And so I want to mm-hmm. let you know. I also realized another thing. You know, there's a verse that I've been kind of scolding you with. And it's a verse before that's, that says I ought to respect and honor my own parents. I know that I haven't done that very well either, have I sometimes? You've even seen and heard the things I've said. I went to grandpa the other day and I apologized for my attitude toward him and how he's always trying to say things and do things that I don't agree with. And, and then I get sour. Well, what I, did he say? That's between me and him. Oh, you mean, what did he say when I apologized? Yeah. like He just looked at me and and shook his head a little bit. And he said, well, son, it's all right. Those kind of conversations are are hard, maybe for all of us sometimes. But he uh, put his hand on my shoulder and just told me it was okay. Hmm. And and I don't know that it's okay. I don't think it's okay for me to dishonor my own dad. And I want to ask for your forgiveness for disrespecting him the way I did last weekend when I said that stuff about him while we were driving. You remember? Yeah. Yeah. It was wrong of me, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. You know, I love my dad and I want to honor him till his final breath. I wasn't on a very good track there for a while. And if you see me dishonor him, will you be sure to let me know? Okay. So there's lesson number one, folks. Like I'm not even going to talk about Chad and his behavior just yet. We, we're, I'm going to end that conversation. He's he's 10. He doesn't have much patience for this. I can see he's getting antsy. <laughs> I don't want well, to. And, but it, it does make an impact. You know, if it, so, as you're saying those things, I'm like, what? Yeah, what's, what's, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable enough to almost want to get out of it, right? It's like, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. What is going on? So there's there's part A of just a new way, not the way, but a way that I might start engaging Chad to help him understand the biblical teaching for children, but also to understand my role as a dad and then we even give him a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say authority, but permission to call me out if he sees me being disrespectful to, to my dad or exasperating him. So that takes some humility and it takes some authenticity, a little bit. I mean, it's pretty vulnerable because depending on the child, call you out on things in ways that aren't very kind. Right. Being aware that, you know, this is going to come out potentially fairly unrefined ways for the child, if if I were to say, Dad, you said that thing, and you know, so it's it's like, but that's the path forward so many times in in growth. Yeah. I think the whole key to this teaching on both sides of this verse for us as dads is to really hone in on the primary imperative to us. Don't exasperate your kids. If how I'm engaging with my children is exasperating yeah, them. Yeah then it's my job, whether they're justified or not in their exasperation, to find my way around that, to have empathy, to validate, to understand. You know, the the whole sort of default that I had in me is, how dare you talk to me that way? No child talks to their dad that way. Well, my child did just dare, and my child did just talk to me that way. And so what would happen if instead I said, wow, those are really strong words? And they hurt, but I want to hear more. Can you tell me more, son? I don't want to go. I don't want to do. I don't want to do this stupid homework stuff and look at the portal and all the things. And my buddies are waiting for me. I want to play ball. Yeah. So you're discouraged about your homework, and that's hard. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Well, you know what, bud? You you don't have to talk about it. But for now, 
let's you and I just go out the garage and tinker a little bit. And I, I don't think it's a good idea for you to go with your friends until some of this is settled a bit. What? I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. yeah, I know you do. I know you want to be with your friends and they'll, they'll figure it out. They're a resilient group too. Come on, bud. Hand on shoulder. Go to the garage. Remember that rocket you were working on a while back? Let's work on that together for a little bit. And then we'll talk when you're ready about the grades. Okay. <sighs> Big gasp. It's okay. I don't have to be defensive as dad. How can I stay gentle? How do I, you know, and you can hear it there, folks. I'm staying firm, but I'm also staying safe. I'm working with a new goal, which is not to command obedience, but to not exasperate. Obedience is, is, is trailing behind. I'm going to do my command with the hopes that my son will find his way into desiring to be obedient, which in fact, in a small way, even by how he's responding in this role play right now, he is. And I could say, you know what? That first step of obedience is hard, isn't it? But you you pulled it off. And uh, and I appreciate that. And I think that's good for your soul. So let's go build the rocket. Yeah. yeah. So Chad, uh, as a child, did that feel, is that viable? When your role as a, as a 10-year-old, what did or didn't it do to, to open you up a little bit to having a deeper level of respect for me? Did I gain respect or lose it? Well, you didn't escalate. So I think in the first one, I was already defensive and emotionally charged and you dropped a bunch of gas on my, <laughs> on the embers and blew the thing up. So it made it easy for me just to be disrespectful to you because it felt like in some ways you were going to be disrespectful to me. So it was pretty normal. When you start talking to me more slowly, your pacing changed. You didn't give in to what I was going to do or what I wanted to do. So it made it easier for me to, to hear you because I didn't feel like I was in big trouble. And then you invited me into something rather than just telling me I couldn't do something. You said I could do something and I could have refused that. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. If I can't play with my buddies, I'm going to go to my room. Which I would have been fine with me. Oh, yeah. you want to go to, I get it. You want to go to your room. Yeah. Do I need to keep an eye on the room while you're there to make sure you don't slip out? Or do I have your word that, <laughs> that you're going to yeah, right. hang in there? Right. Well, yeah. You know, I'll just keep an eye on the room a little bit today and make sure. And if you change your mind and you want to come out to the garage, I'll know that that's what you mean when you open your door. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that making it difficult. And whenever we do role plays and we start moving into this space, the second role play, it does become more difficult to to keep that big disrespectful intensity coming your way when it's not coming back at me or there's not a big power play that seems yeah. like it's over me. Well, I'm sure we could go on and on here because this is a, a, a topic we talk about a lot with the parents that we care for here at Connected Families. And certainly you can get on board and, and look at our website and do a, do a search for our, in our blog archives just with the word respect. And there's a ton of stuff there. We hope you do that. Get on board and keep learning. Key thought for the day as I see it, and I'll ask Chad his idea here about this in a minute, but is the key to gaining respect in our relationship with our kids is to do our verse well, to keep praying and humbly seeking the Lord's wisdom and how to do our verse well. Don't exasperate your kids. Don't make them come hoo-hoo. And then use that as your portal into teaching them about the, the training, the instruction, uh, the nurture of the Lord. How about you, Chad, the rallying point of today's conversation? Yeah, respect is modeled uh, and not demanded. So I think that as, as much as as much as I can learn to be respectable, even when being disrespected, 
I model to my kids, mm. I don't need you to respect me in order for me to be respectable. I can still be in that space, even if you're not. And so I, I think that that's, you know, we can teach our kids and tell them all the things and, we, and we're instructed to do that. But what they're looking at is whether we're actually living out the things we're teaching. And if we're not, that's a real disconnect. And it's a really hard thing for kids to go, well, wait, I'm supposed to be doing this, but you, huh, how does, yeah. how does this work? I love that. We're going to make a meme out of this, Chad. What do you need as a parent in order to stay respectable when your kids are disrespectful? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Chad, would you close our time with a prayer? Yeah. Yeah. God, we just are so grateful for the way that you have modeled your grace and your truth, your love for us, your care for us. Thank you for your word that gives us the things that we are told to instruct to our kids. Would you help us to instruct our kids both in the word as well as in deed in ways that, that bring glory to you, that model well for our kids, the things that you, that you require of them and you require of us. And uh, would you give us grace for ourselves? Pray for the dads who are hearing this and wrestling around with it and thinking, oh man, I don't know about all that stuff. That you would just uh, minister to them as they want to lead well for their families and for their kids. And so we just pray your blessing over each person that hears this podcast, uh, that you would bless them and encourage them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. Links to everything that was talked about is in the show notes. And while you're there, would you please rate and review so others can find us more easily? If this podcast has been helpful, consider sharing it with a friend. Those steps are so helpful to spread God's grace and truth to more parents. And consider checking out our Sibling Conflict online course. The peace process is catchy and you can teach it to your kids. It will be an important tool for your whole family. Find the link in our show notes or on our website for the Sibling Conflict online course. Well, for more information about that, again, go to Connected Families and that is connectedfamilies.org. I'll see you next time.